The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 158th ever show of all around sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week is Rory McIlroy doing it yet again at the PGA tournament in Valhalla in Louisville, Kentucky, the final major of the year. And he is having a great round and is once again the leader uh, in a major, having just won the Open Championship over in Liverpool uh, just a few weeks ago, followed that up with a victory at the Bridgestone. So what we're witnessing potentially, and it's only Friday, I realize that, is uh, an absolute historic role of uh, Tiger-esque proportions, shall we say. Uh, he, it's just incredible to watch and, uh, you know, nothing like just seeing, uh, a hot golfer, any athlete in the zone is always just really appealing. Uh, in golf, it's almost better. It's like a hitter, uh, where the ball comes in in baseball, looking like a beach ball or, uh, in basketball when the hoop looks like the size of the ocean. So again, this is so much fun. As you listeners know, I was over in Ireland during the British Open. So watching Rory that Friday on TV in a restaurant in Dublin, a mere three-hour ferry ride away from, uh, from Liverpool where the championship was being played was uh, spectacular. One of the more unique uh, sports viewing events I've ever had in my life and certainly uh, got me on, on a Rory roll and then to see him follow it up at Bridgestone uh, 
was just spectacular. So it is just uh, something to be enjoyed, to say the least, while it lasts. And uh, it certainly has lasted into today. So good stuff. And that leads right into my low light of the week, which is uh, Tiger Woods playing so badly yesterday and just the sort of will he, won't he, since he had to withdraw from the Bridgestone after hitting that awkward shot out of the sand uh, where he had to like run backwards and apparently landed with a thump. Um, my first thought was, you know, why did he hit that shot? Uh, given that he seemed like he hit a similar type of shot down in uh, at Doral, which kind of started the whole back thing uh, back around March or so, leading to surgery. Uh, I was surprised he didn't just, you know, hit it out in the fairway, lay up as it were, uh, and then just go from there rather than put himself in such a precarious position. But... Uh, who might have questioned Tiger, but the low light part of it is simply that, you know, it, it's starting to feel for the first time and I realize he's injured. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm now asking myself really for the first time, you know, have we seen the best of Tiger? Is this really, really it? Um, is it just never going to quite be the same? I hope I'm wrong, but certainly, uh, you know, the evidence, shall we say, keeps mounting that we may have seen, uh, you know, the best of Tiger and what, what a best it was from basically, you know, for about a dozen years from around 97 to about 2010 was the best golf we're ever going to witness. And uh, hopefully it's just not over. I mean, there is a part of me as we we're going through this, will we... Will he, won't he play in the PGA? Um, just thinking, you know, he should. He's Tiger Woods. And it just feels like at any moment he could just become the old Tiger again. But now, for the, again, for the first time, I'm starting to wonder. Uh, you know, based on yesterday's round and just obviously what's just been going on with injuries in general over the last few years and specifically the last few weeks, last months. So, I hope I'm wrong. We're going to know more in about uh, starting in about an hour and a half at 2.30 when he tees off Eastern Time down in Louisville. My bizarre story of the week was just the whole Kevin Love saga. Uh, I just find it interesting where I had, like I think many others, just basically, you know, forgot about it once Wiggins signed with the Cavaliers and basically it was... It was by the rules that nothing could happen before August, I think, 23rd. And then all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, comes this, you know, breaking news story that he has, he will indeed sign with the Cavaliers. And now all, you know, everybody has just jumped on board and proclaimed the Cavs, you know, the new big three and Eastern Conference finalists uh, in the NBA finalists, finals, none of which I question. But I just found the whole thing rather bizarre how it went from, you know, this thing is on hold to the end of August, period. Nothing can happen to, again, right in the middle of this one-month uh, moratorium, if you will. He, The reports come out, and it's just 
totally, you know, handled as fact that this is it. And, and then again, all the conjecture following that of, you know, that it was a fate accompli. And all well and good probably is. I have no reason to believe otherwise, but it just made me wonder about the, uh, uh, the August 23rd rule, shall we say. My event of the week that I attended was Tuesday night, the Connecticut Sun hosting the Chicago Sky. So I got my first look ever uh, in person at Elena Deladon, uh, as she's been called, the female Larry Bird. And I was impressed. She's uh, the real deal. She's uh, what I saw lives up to that. Larry Bird analogy, and uh, having witnessed Larry Bird play many times in person here in Boston, and I can't think of a higher compliment, quite frankly, than that. Um, she was impressive. She came up big in the fourth quarter when it mattered most. It was a close game, and then uh, I liked her demeanor, both on the court and on the sidelines. My courtside media seat is right beside the visiting team's bench, so I was able to really observe uh, you know, her demeanor and again, was just really impressed with everything I see, so I really wanted to see her, got to see her and uh, it was a good game uh, the Sun lost and really a bad break uh, you know, their number one overall pick superstar already not even in waiting uh, the rookie, Shanae Abumake from Stanford, uh, basically has an abscess tooth, so she couldn't play. And boy, what bad timing. Um, really unfortunate for the Sun, because they're you know, in the hunt for a playoff spot. And the season's winding down, just a couple weeks to go. And uh, one of the unique things about this game was the refereeing was just... Uh, Incredible, where it just seemed like every call was going against the sun, a bunch of tees, and the crazy part was uh, it was as angry a crowd as I think I've ever seen at a sports event, I mean booing beyond imagination, and yet this would be the most unlikely crowd ever that you would believe could ever fall into me calling them the angriest crowd I've ever seen. Uh, this is a very, very typically pleasant crowd goes to these Connecticut Sun games. So that's how bad the refereeing was. Uh, and the Sun coach, Ann Donovan, expressed her extreme displeasure following the game. And... Uh, so, again, it was just really unusual to watch uh, this crowd, which, again, is, you know, let's just say a whole lot nicer than a St. Louis Cardinals baseball crowd, put it that way, um, to see them become so agitated by these calls, which were just, uh, you know, incredible as they're just one on top of the other, was really, uh, again, uh, Highly unusual. Another event that I attended was last night. A season ticket holder friend of mine from the for the Boston Red Sox uh, took us to a season ticket holder event at Fenway Park. 
the food was off the charts, first class all the way, and we got to walk the, uh, the Fenway Field for the first time uh, in my life. Walked all around the warning track and, uh, you know, stood at the Green Monster, all of that. Got to sit in both dugouts. And for someone who's been in Fenway literally hundreds of times, uh, it was suddenly an entirely new and unique perspective. Um, standing on the field, looking up at the stands, looking up at the wall, uh, just looking at various points from left field out to right field, left field out into the batter's box, uh, the right field corner where Dwight Evans made the fabulous catch in the 1975 World Series Game 6. We all remember that. Um, on and on and on. So really, really a lot of fun, truly unique, and uh, just something that I enjoyed immensely. So shout out to my season ticket holder friend who took me, and really a fun, fun evening. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And up next will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. Join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? 
Oh, doing great, John. Doing great. Uh, looking forward to a, a, a fun evening up in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, tell us all about it. It's uh, it sounds like a great event. Yeah, it's the enshrinement ceremony for the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, some of the mem- some of the inductees be David Stern, the commissioner, the former commissioner, uh, and everyone knows his impact on the game in the last 30 years. Uh, the old ABA leading, uh, the co- coach with the most wins, Bob Leonard, Bob Slick Leonard of the Indiana Pacers. Oh, wow. Uh, Nate yeah. Sweetwater at Clifton. Uh, Sharunas Marcelonis, Guy Rogers, passing wizard. Uh, Nolan Richardson from the college game with, with his championship, NCAA championship in 1994. The Immaculata women's basketball team, they were the first ones to be on television, John. I think it was against the University of Maryland in 1975, nationally televised game. I know that uh, name. Alonzo Mourning, Mitch Richmond, you know, he's quite a, quite a scoring guard, big, powerful man. And uh, Gary Williams won the NCAA championship, University of Maryland, his alma mater. And formerly play, uh, coached at Boston College. That's correct. As well. He was a big well, name up here in New England. Right, he's you know he's a bundle of energy. Yes, he is. Uh, now he's had quite a career. Well, that sounds great. Uh, I know you've done this for a few years now, and uh, sounds like just another great lineup. I know it's an event that you think very highly of, and you pretty much you yeah, make John, it every year, right? Oh yes, yeah, right there in Springfield, held at Symphony Hall. They had the media day yesterday, John, at the Hall of Fame itself, right on the basketball court in the center of the museum. They introduce all the inductees and, and give them or their representative, you know, some were, were posthumously going to be inducted. They, they give them the, the blazer, and this year it's sponsored by Hager, uh, the clothing line, and they make a few comments, and then they break out for inter- individual interviews on the second floor of the Hall of Fame. So I was able to spend quite a bit of time with Nolan Richardson yesterday. He was really affable and charming and really gratified that he reached the pinnacle in, in the, the game of basketball by being an, an inductee. Yeah, well, he was a household name at the uh, you know top of his career at Arkansas. He coached the likes of Sidney Moncrief. Um, and, you know, he was just uh, right there with, you know, the, the Al Maguires from Marquette during that era of just someone you saw, you know, every year. And again, a, a name everybody knew, a household name, to say the least. Yeah, he had that style of play that they, one of his players, I believe it was Steve Rose, he, he told us, uh, he gave it that name, 40 Minutes of Hell. And, the, and uh, I guess a, a reporter had spoken to that uh, player and then he came to Nolan and said, you know, that's a nice type of style of basketball you play. It's 40 minutes of hell. And Nolan said, well, where did you get that from? And he said, oh, I spoke to, the, you know, Steve Rose, and uh, that's the name he gave. He says, okay, well, we'll go with it then. <laughs> I like it. Yes, that, that is his trademark phrase that's associated with him. So uh, that's great. Well, you know, it's always good to see these guys. Coincidentally, um, as I said at the top of the show, I attended the Sun uh, Chicago Sky game, Connecticut Sun, WNBA game on Tuesday night, and lo and behold, I, and I was really excited to get to see Elena Deladon for the first time, but my seats are right down, my media seat is right down at courtside beside the visiting bench, and 
Oh, I, I look up and who's the assistant coach? But none other than Tree Rollins. <laughs> and you look quite a ways, I believe, John, on that on that one. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he stood out to say the least at seven feet tall, and of course, famous here in Boston, uh, or infamous, however you want to call it, for the famous tree bites man situation on Danny Ainge, uh, <laughs> low these many years ago, but legendary, never to be forgotten, to say the least. And uh, I mean, next to, you know, Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear may be the most famous bite in uh, sports history, although maybe you have to throw in that Salazar's bite in the World Cup as well. So I guess there's a lot of biting going on, going on in sports. <laughs> At times, days, it I does happen. It. <laughs> it does happen, doesn't it? That's pretty weird. Um, so tonight, uh, so that's great. So that's, that's a lengthy list of, uh, of inductees, you know, David Stern, uh, boy, you know, you said it perfectly, the impact he's had over 30 years, uh, and it's just amazing. I mean, when I think of David Stern, what comes to mind is, you know, the international growth of the game. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And I know he's a marketing expert. And when he took over the league as commissioner, you know, the NBA finals were literally on tape delay, uh, meaning they began at 1130 Eastern time after they were already played. But, you know, uh, a couple hours earlier. So he is a legend. You know, there, there's a part of me that just thought, you know, with the whole Donald Sterling thing, that I'm almost glad he retired. Like, that would have been a bad thing to have to happen at the end of your tenure, you know? Yeah, it's probably better. He doesn't have to face that. He, he didn't want to deal with that situation for a long time, so he gave it to the next person, handed it over. Well, exactly, exactly. And, you know, the whole thing finally just, you know, blew up and... You know, I think it worked well. I, I think, again, a bad thing to have to handle at the end of a 30-year legendary career. In the same light, I think uh, Adam Silver, you know, you, you could certainly make the case that, you know, not the kind of thing you have to want to handle in your first couple months as commissioner. But I think it's enhanced his uh, profile dramatically. And, you know, uh, he, you know, he's thrown right into the cauldron. Uh, early on and, you know, total agreement across the board that he's handled it well. So, uh, you know, I, I think all in all, it worked out pretty well for both men. Yeah, yeah, it really did, John. He, he made that game uh, reach to all the outposts of the world. And, uh, you know, some people, you know, I think, I think he was on the cutting edge in that regard. Because you have to understand that was 30 years ago when he came into power as a commissioner and, and now basketball. I mean, football is trying to catch up, John, to, to go around the world. But basketball is already there. Correct, correct. And I'm someone who is, you know, very interested in the NBA, in NFL's growth internationally. Uh, I was in London just a mere few weeks ago and uh, jumped on the subway, the tube as it's called in London. And... Uh, Took a nice long ride up to Wembley Stadium where the NFL plays its international series games and you know, just loved it, you, you know, just really, you know, and talk with a lot of people about over there about, uh, you know, the NFL games and they love it. They love it. 
every game is sold out in like less than five minutes, literally. There's three this year for the first time ever. And one of them, and I think this is going to be a massive hit, uh, massively popular, is uh, they're starting a game in the afternoon in London. So for the first time ever, I think it's late October, maybe October 26th, that game will begin at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And I think it's just going to be wildly popular here on the East Coast. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget my first trip to the West Coast AP when and it was during a playoff weekend and suddenly I'm in Carmel, California watching an NFL playoff game at <laughs> 9 in the morning. I loved it. <laughs> right. I loved it. <laughs> you know? Right. So I, I'm already circled my calendar to uh, settle in or, you know, whether it's you know, Wimbledon, final, British Open, uh, especially the final day, you know, I, I've always enjoyed, you know, being able to wake up on a weekend morning and, you know, get right to some championship level uh, entertainment. And I think that's just going to be, uh, I, I think it's, again, the minute I read it, which is a few months back when they announced the 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, the moment I read it, I just... It was an aha moment where I just said, aha, the NFL, they've done it again. It's going to be unique. Yeah, John, you could have your breakfast and you won't have to move from the table and you've already seen the first half. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, breakfast at Wimbledon, as they say. So this will be breakfast at Wembley. Um, Anyway, I think it's just going to be, you know, a lot of, uh, you, you know, a lot of fun, but you know, back to basketball. So tonight, you're you're, you're heading up there. You don't live too far from Springfield in the Hall of Fame. So yes. tonight will be the actual induction ceremony, correct? Yeah, they're gonna have the speeches this evening, John. And then also, you have to have a, a presenter, John. But it right. has to, it, you know, and but it has to be someone who is an, uh, an inductee themselves. Oh, a member okay. of the of the Hall of Fame. So that's, that's why a lot of times you'll see someone as a presenter and you say, well, why did they select that person? Why did they not make the choice to maybe have their high school coach or college coach? Well, it has to be a member of the Hall of Fame. And this evening, for instance, you're going to have Larry Bird there, who's going to be the presenter for Bob Slick Leonard, you know, the Indiana Pacers, of course. And then he'll also be the presenter along with Magic Johnson and... Uh, Bob Lanier and NBA contributor Russ Granick for David Stern. Wow. And, and Bob you know, Lanier, you, huh? You, oh, I mean, you know, big hitters. So then, then you'll have somebody like Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley, and John Thompson. Wow. So that ensures all, a lot of big names, not just the inductees. Just right. And, and then for level the Phil- big names. And John, then for the Philadelphia flavor with Guy Rogers, uh, be Earl Monroe. Ah, Earl the Pearl. Yeah. Wow. Hearing these names is great. I mean, Bob Lanier went to St. Bonaventure. They played my college, St. Francis. So, you know, I got to see Bob Lanier, the big cat, play. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been to Ole in New York where St. Bonaventure is located, and he put them on the map, obviously. And uh, that's great stuff. Wow. Uh, and Earl the Pearl Monroe, I got to see him play. Yeah. 
both for the Baltimore Bullets. <laughs> now we're talking throwback here. <laughs> the NBA Finals against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, and a player named Lou Alcindor. <laughs> Literally, that was his name then, before Jabbar and, of course, Oscar Robertson. And the Bucks swept yeah. them. I was at that game in Baltimore. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. A rich basketball history, some of which you're going to be able to live tonight. So good yeah, for Jack, you. Yeah, Jack Marin, all those guys, sure. Jack Marin, yeah. That Un- Wes Unseld, Gus, Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson, you know, yep. Kevin Locke, Lockery. Yes, that was a great team. Obviously made it to the finals. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah that, that was one of the first big-time sports events I ever attended. I was a kid. and uh, But I grew up three hours north of Baltimore, so it was one of those you know, uh, impromptu decisions. Like, let's just drive down to Baltimore and watch the game. You could do it, those kind of things in those days. Yeah, that, I remember that series quite well. It was during our, I think, uh, school break. Yeah, I think it was, like, I, I, I think the year might have been 1970. Uh, yeah, April school break, I believe it was, something like that. And yeah. You, you know, we were, we're dating ourselves because... The season's not even completed in April anymore. <laughs> exactly right. Now it's June when the finals are held, obviously. Uh, well, all right, AP. Good stuff. Be sure to enjoy tonight. We have a lot more to get to on the other side. But for now, let's take our break. And again, we'll talk uh, some NCAA. They come out with a massively important ruling, a game changer, just yesterday. So uh, AP, our college expert, and I are going to talk about that after the break. Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You are going global with gas. Man. Is that Matt the intern? That's here. Look, I made this show. Dude, you totally made it, man. You were doing the Big Brother tryout today. All right, all right, all right. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, let's, come on. Let's play Drug Code. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drugs cool. Uh, we're going to play some porno music or not, and this is the game that we play that you're going to hear some music, and it's either from a porno or it's not. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Going global with gas. Man, how the hell do they know that I got gas? 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., yesterday was uh, some seismic news when the NCAA uh, basically uh, announced that they were empowering the five power conferences to make their own rules. Is that an, is that an accurate way of encapsulating it? Yeah, I would say so, John. It's a limited scope, but it's still a paradigm shift for the world of college athletics. Paradigm shift. You know, game changer, the, it all, seismic news, all of the above. They all apply. This is... Uh, this may be a day we'll look back on for years to come and say that's the day it all changed. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, you know, I, you know, received the American Athletic Conference statement from Commissioner Mike Oresco, uh, who seemed to support it because I think, you know, my first question and a lot of people's first question is, uh, you know, what does this mean for the other, you know, non-power conferences, so to speak, which, of course, comprise the majority. Power conferences are around 65 schools, and there's around 310 overall, so there's a lot of schools that these rules, this ruling does not apply to, So, but he seemed in total support of it, so I thought that was a good thing. Right, yeah, Mike wants to be in that room as the sixth power conference, and he makes no bones about it. And he said it repeatedly ever since last summer, actually. Right. And, and you know, they, they want to be on that same level, and, and they'll, they'll have their chance on the field of competition. And, and uh, you know, let's see what happens this fall, especially in football. That's the main moneymaker. That's where you can get everybody's attention because in basketball, I mean, even small schools can upset a big school. But in football, uh, that's where you're going to have to uh, earn your overall respect. Appalachian State, notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I think um, I think I saw on the schedule. I think they play Michigan again this year. Really? Okay. Well, after that, that'll be worth tuning into. Uh, well, I do find it interesting how, and it, and it certainly felt like it was about football. No surprise. The you know, the elephant in the room of gen- of revenue generating sports, obviously. But you know, I did find myself wondering. And it may be too early to tell, you know, what does this mean for basketball, which is, again, just a much more uh, broader in scope as far as, you know, the number of teams making the NCAA and just the whole, as you said, it any, on any given day. And certainly in basketball, this can happen in tournament play, not just like 
Yeah, I mentioned Rev- Appalachian State, but we all know that was like the season opener. That wasn't exactly the NCAA tournament in March Madness and all that. So right. I am curious about that, AP. Just how does – it's probably too early to tell how, how it's all going to shake out between basketball and football, I think. I don't know. Yeah, well, You know, John, I, I would say that some of the issues will – once again, be more leverage for the power conferences because they're going to address, for instance, um, maybe the schools are going to be allowed to pay the athletes' families to attend games. They're going to loosen the rules between the contact between the athletes and the Asians. Um, right. They're going to address the uh, total cost of attendance, You know, come up with maybe some uniform figure because anyone who's done that study realizes there's a gap even in those figures. You know, one school it might be total cost of attendance is a thousand, another school might be five thousand. So are you gonna give uh it's gonna be one one figure for every school in the power conference, you know, twenty five hundred dollars, three thousand dollars per student athlete? Are you gonna let each school determine it by the figures they submit to the Department of Education in Washington D C so I think it's just another way to separate the power of conference, but that already exists on its own right now, John. So it's just another reason to you have these, you know, these elite athletes always being a big conference, power conference. Right, right. Um, now, when you say that, AP, did you mean we're like the college would pay a student athlete? $2,500 per semester, per year, whatever, to, you know, for playing a sport? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, per, yes, per, rear, per, per, per year. In per other year, words, okay. Uh, for instance, a, a person who plays the trumpet and receives a tuition and scholarship from a university, they might pay them the total cost of attendance, which is more than they're paying the star football player, for instance. Okay. Now... The university can say, we're going to pay, pay the uh, star football player room, board, and tuition plus the total cost of attendance, which has been agreed upon by these five power conferences. Now, like I say, I don't know if it's going to be uh, per school that comes up with that figure or it's going to be one set number. Well, that'll be fascinating to watch, but, you know, generally speaking, it's a good thing. I mean, we're talking at least a minimum walking around money. Kid can go out and get some pizza or take a you know have a date whatever. It's just high time, don't you? Don't you agree? Yeah, and it'd be interesting yeah. to see. For instance, some players already received the Pell Grant maximum, which is around fifty five hundred. Okay. And, and then they also there's also emergency funds. Maybe you're you're being recruited from Florida. You don't have the wardrobe to play up there in Michigan or Ohio or somewhere where there's the cold weather, so you're able to buy clothing. So there's all types of funds. If, if you um, investigate it you know, through your compliance office that are available to student-athletes outside of the Pell Grant and, uh, let's say, this new total cost of attendance figure. Wow. Okay. The Pell Grant, that brings back memories. I was living in Florida when Charlie Pell was coaching there. So. Right. That's pretty famous. Is that the one where, you know, that allows student-athletes to work, um, have an income, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, you can have an income. And, and most of it, um, you, in other words, a lot of it's just a grant. 
that you don't have to repay. Okay. All right. Well, again, you know, to me, it's just high time. I mean, I just hope it leads to just what I'll call common sense. You know, all the, the rules have been so ridiculous over the years of, you know, the infractions of, you know, whatever, buying a hot dog for somebody or, you know, situations of a kid needing to go home for like a funeral of a family member and, you know, just so, you know, countless examples of just distasteful rulings. Uh, there's no other way to say it and penalties that just just made no sense. I just hope at the end of the day, this leads to just common sense, you know, uh, prevailing. John, in the last few years, let's say half a dozen years, the NCA has been pushed by numerous lawsuits and Congress. So when you get those two powerful groups leaning on you, you better do something. It's in your best interest to act and not wait until they make a judgment against you. And I'm glad you said that, by the way, because at the end of the day, you know, and I hadn't connected this dot, but I just did now with your statement, which is, yeah, Congress has been looking at them. And the minute I saw that in recent weeks, months, you know, it reminded me of steroids and baseball, what have you. You know, when Congress, when you get in their crosshairs, it's time to make some changes before, you know, you have to go to Capitol Hill. Because once you go to Capitol Hill, it's kind of too late. <laughs> then they're in control, not you. And, boy, you know, I'm so glad you said that because the light bulb just went on for me because that's exactly why this got uh, enacted now before Congress can come in and dictate the rules. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And then you're right, coupled with, you know, lawsuits as well. That, that, the, those are the two hammers right there. Yeah, yeah that inertia is pretty powerful right now, John, and it's not in their favor. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Again, bingo, you just nailed it. Uh, I'm sure that the college administrators, specifically the NCAA, just looked at this and said, wow, if we don't do something right now, we're going to be sitting up in front of Capitol Hill and, and we will no longer, you know, <laughs> be calling the shots. And uh, <laughs> so there it is. There it is. That's That's why it came out yesterday. And well, we still have a lot more to talk about AP, but we're coming up on our final break and uh, lots more to cover on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live and on demand. 
No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us still is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get back on with A.P., my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is uh, the PGA last of the majors uh, PGA tournament down at Valhalla in Louisville. Rory McIlroy is lighting it up again, AP. I think we're witnessing a historic golf role by any standard. Yeah, he's quite a superstar golfer. He'll be on the scene the next decade or so. I'm sure he'll be always in the news. If it's not Tiger, it's, it's you know, Rory. Yeah, well, Jack Nicklaus came out this week and said, you know, Rory's capable of winning, quote, 15 to 20 majors, which, of course, Jack won 18. Tiger's stuck at 15 for six years now. Hard to believe when I say that. And, uh, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know that there's anything more enjoyable in sports than watching an athlete on a roll. And Rory McElroy's doing it. Very recently, we had Clayton Kershaw doing it from the pitching mound for the Dodgers where he threw whatever, 30, 40 scoreless innings. And, you know, even though he's not throwing scoreless innings, he's still on a serious roll of throwing, like, complete games and shutouts. And, again, you know, we've all seen it. Basketball players, you know, who can't miss. And baseball players, uh, you know, hitting... Or and or pitching, you know, on these unbelievable streaks. And there's really, in so many ways to me, that's just the essence of sports, to say the least. Peyton Manning last year, all year long on a roll, to, you know, Tom Brady in 2007 when he threw the 50 touchdown passes. That felt like a year-long roll. Um, again, nothing like it. And right now, it's, it's Rory McIlroy. Uh, you know, the thought of him winning potentially two majors inside of whatever, four or five weeks is stunning. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, John, when you're witnessing these events, maybe you might take it for granted, but it just doesn't happen every year. That's it. It, it. You know, it's something that people should cherish and, you know, gather all their friends who are not interested in the sport. Maybe say, well, something, something big is happening here in this game of golf. You need to pay attention. Yeah, and that really, uh, that's it. He, 
he's making it look easy. I mean, I just watched him hit a shot moments ago where, you know, he was off the green and he hit like, you know, a little line drive, uh, a couple, you know, literally a couple inches off, off the ground. And when he hit it, I just thought, oh my God, you know, it's the kind of shot that I hit, you know, <laughs> that is like a line drive over the green. And I'm basically <laughs> looking at the same shot coming back that I just hit badly his shot just, you know, took off like a rocket, like a little line drive and, and ended up, you know, foot and a half from the hole. Like it just slowed down perfectly at the exact right moment. Uh, again, it just, you know, he's on a roll. Everything he touches turns to gold right now. I find it, again, really enjoyable to watch because, like you said, you know, these things don't happen, you know, but for every couple of years, certainly in golf and, and really in maybe once a year, twice a year in, in all of sport, you know, do we see these athletes just get on these, you know, what turns out to be historic roles. So enjoy the weekend in Rory McIlroy. We'll see. But what we know about golf, oh, yeah. it, it could all end on his next shot. Right. We know that. And, uh, John, I think a lot of times you're watching these golfers and they might hit a shot like um, you or I don't think they'll ever hit one like I would because I, I can't hardly hit the ball myself. But but their next shot can be a, a spectacular. And I guess maybe that's the difference to get Correct. them out of the, the mess that they made on the prior shot. Well, that's it, right. You know, they can recover. Um but it is fun, and it's particularly fun when it's in a major. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, that just elevates everything. And when you're coming off, you know, a victory last week at Bridgestone, a victory at the Open, the other, another major, Amir, I believe three weeks ago. You know, we're talking, uh, you know, we're talking history here. So um, it's going to be fun, and, you know, it's interesting to watch this occurring because obviously the last person we saw doing this type of thing is Tiger Woods, and now we're all witnessing what he's going through, and it's not pleasant, you know. It's, I said at the top of the show, are we, are we watching? Have we seen the best of Tiger? Is the, is the Tiger that we knew officially now over as of, like, rounds like yesterday and obviously all the injuries? uh it's sad. There's no other way to say it. If that's if that's what's really happening. Yeah, I think John. Not only physically, when you're watching an athlete decline, you have to also uh, calculate the mental, um, you know, aspect of his game. Will he ever reach that pinnacle again? And I don't. I don't. I can't see it. But he can prove us wrong. Well, I can't see it either, but, you know, what we're really talking about, to boil it down, what I'm really talking about here is that this could, we could be witnessing the true passing of the, of the torch at the exact same moment. Like, and by that I mean, you know, at the precise moment where perhaps yesterday will be considered like the end of Tiger as we once knew him, yeah. well, on the exact same day, literally, you know, in a major is... Mm -hmm the day that Rory has, you know, another great round at the, you know, on this historic three, four week roll and basically takes the mantle uh, as the, the new king of golf. And, you know, it's one thing for Tiger to, you know, for his, the best of Tiger to be over. It's another thing for, you know, Rory to be on a roll and maybe become, you know, 
undisputably the world's top player. For them to happen at the same place on pretty much the same day or even the same tournament is highly, highly unusual and truly potentially something to be remembered uh, if, it, if, it turn, if history show, turns out this way. Yeah, you made a good point there, John. I mean, it's, it could be one of those moments you look back and say, I was there when this fellow came on the scene to take command and we saw the, like, it's like the Y.A. Tittle photo. You remember when you were a kid? He's yep. on that field and blood Bleeding from the head. His side of his head and he's on his knees and suffered a defeat and the new kid on the block, you know, won the game. Exactly. That's well said. That's a, a perfect analogy where, you know, it's so rare when you can, like, pinpoint an exact moment in time. But this has that potential, and I hope I'm wrong. Believe me, I really, really hope I'm wrong. The thought, and this is what I said again at the top, the thought of having seen the best of Tiger. And I, and I say that because, you know, there, sometimes you hear some chatter that we've seen the best of Tom Brady. And maybe we have there too, you know. But yeah. um, uh, but but you know, you you cling to the, the to the hope that we haven't. That's oh, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, as as long as they take the field, John. I mean, you you remember those, you know, with Tom Brady, a you know fabulous quarterback. This is what his fifteenth or sixteenth year. He's getting up in age, thirty-seven, I think he is now. So thirty-seven this week. That was really strange to hear that. Tom Brady, an age 37, right. he, he'll always be 21 to me and I think a whole lot of other people certainly here in New England. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that boyish grin and, and uh, enthusiasm, but, uh, you know, unless he gets somebody to play defense for him on the other side, I don't know, maybe his best days uh, might be over. Oh, hello to Raul Rivas, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's... Very excited to have him as a teammate. I think Tom Brady could be uh, uh, have a really good year at quarterback, thanks to Darrell Rivas at cornerback on the other side of the ball. And to me, it's just that simple. Yeah, that's uh, an island you like to have at the workplace, right? There you go. There you go. Well said. <laughs> so anyway, just we're down to under two minutes here with the show. Any thoughts on you know NFL preseason games are actually occurring? Last night the Hardly any Patriots starters played, so you can't even judge it. And what are your thoughts? Uh, it's, it's at least good to have football on TV, right? Yeah, no, I, I watched. I caught some of the games. And I was watching Forty ers and Ravens, and uh, yeah, it's always good to see the rookies play. I saw C.J. Mosley make a few uh, impact plays last night, and so he's he's on the way to a good career, I believe. For the Ravens, and, you know he's. He's always been that way since day one. I've seen him, and when he's in high school, so you know I know good things will happen for him. But yeah, you're excited about the preseason, and you know I don't give it any you know major uh, credence what might happen in the year. But you just like to see the young guys get on the field and how they react, and because they haven't played since their bowl game or all star game, it's been that long. Right. Exactly. Um... Yeah, interesting time of year. I watched HBO Hard Knocks, the Atlanta Falcons this week, so that, you know, got me back into football. I thought that, uh, as usual, it's always well done. You know, it's a, it's a nice peek behind the curtain by any standard, to say the least. Yeah, I, I had watched those in the past when I used to get HBO, but I, you know, I'd like to watch this one on Atlanta to see what Julio's up to. 
Yes, Julio is prominently featured. Former Alabama receiver, you cover Alabama, so uh, yeah, you'll have to tune in. You'll you'll be interested to see. No no question about that. Uh, well, AP, once again, thank you for calling in, and as always, your excellent perspective, particularly on the big NCA vote yesterday, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it all again next uh, next Friday at one. It sounds good, John. I'm up for it. Thank you. All right, much. as always. Thank everyone. I want to thank everyone for listening to All Around Sports. And as I just said, look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. 